Welcome to Events Heist, the podcast game show about post-COVID events and the event professionals that run them. In this episode, you're going to hear from Adam Hessler and Anthony Vade. Anthony is the North American Director for the Event Design Collective. With 25 years in the experience, he has done more than 4,000 events. He shares his first event at high school and a great war story about 300 ukuleles in a concert. Our other guest, Adam, is the Chief Experience Officer at Ingamio. He comes from a customer service and project management background. Hear him talking about being the sole technical person in early stage virtual events during COVID. Adam, you have rolled a two. All right. And you're up the ladder. Fantastic. See, you're already ahead. <laughs> okay, so Adam, uh, tell me how many years have you been in the event space? Uh, about, I guess, two and a half to almost three years now. All right, Anthony, over to you. You've a six. Hey, I'm catching up. I'm coming for you. Anthony, how many events have you run in your professional career? Probably done about 300 since becoming a designer. So I don't know what the math is on that. Many, many thousands. Adam, you wrote a two. Oh, <gasps> Tell us about the biggest event that you've been involved in. So when I joined, I was with an association here in Vancouver, British Columbia. They were running their annual conference. So I got brought on as like the facilities guy and I didn't know anything about AV at the time, but I was the most technically, let's say, capable person on the team. All right, Anthony, you wrote a one. Oh, come on. Oh. <laughs> All right, so Anthony... Tell me about the first event that you ever organized. I, I started very, very young um, in, in high school. Uh, it was part of a general school day where and we, when everyone gets together and they do sports and they all, you know, they get called different things in different places, but it's kind of like a carnival day for the school. And uh, the music department were all hanging out in the music room. And then we realized we had this amazing stereo system and a great collection of CDs. So we started running our own jukebox DJ concert out the front of the music department and charging people to make requests that we then donated to charities. So we hadn't planned to run an event, but by the time the afternoon was over, we'd, we'd raised $500 for charity and put on a great party for, for a bunch of the students that weren't playing the sports. So I think that was the first official unofficial event. Since you're relatively new to the space, how do you find mm -hmm. it? What, what's your, what's your, what, are, what are some interesting experiences you've had since you've, you've entered the space? So, I mean, I came from background of like serious customer service and project management and doing science in my undergrad. So I'm a long ways away. So I shifted into the tech side really fast. I found a job at an event platform doing customer support and getting to know what's it like for the event planners to have that experience of planning an event, and especially having to shift it to online. Originally, I thought I was going to be in the planning sp space or domain of events, actually ended up shifting to um, event tech 100%. And I love it. I believe that's called the dark side now. Can you, with your experience... Can you explain to us why the, uh, the, the vendor side is being referred to as the dark side? And I've heard that a few times. The dark side comment, actually, I believe it was, was started by Anne Yueng, who, who now works for Twine. She's amazing, but uh, yeah. she comes from the planner space and she's made a shift 
into the tech space. So she kind of came in and then said, hey, I've moved over to the dark side, which is which is funny because I did kind of the opposite. Through the pandemic, I started off in the tech space and production space, and I moved into in, into design, not so much planning. Sadly, longstanding mistrust that exists in the industry between the suppliers and the planners who, for, for probably good reason, feel that uh, their lack of experience with technology in particular uh, and, and rental in general uh, is being used against them. And there's this feeling that suppliers are ripping them off and there's all sorts of backhanded deals, under table deals. The industry has a funny way of running itself. Uh, if people mm. want to dig into the real reasons and my real response that's off the air, happy to do that anytime. <laughs> but I, I, want, I want to save some of the, the curse words so when you get to editing this thing, uh, you, you don't have to cut too much out and end up with a show. All right. How do you feel being referred to as the dark side? I guess what it really comes down to is probably a misunderstanding on both sides. Number one, that tech is not the evil thing. So just because it's not hardware anymore and it's now we're you know shifting to an awful lot of software implementation, it's not just because it's a mystery to some people doesn't mean it's a bad thing. That is a super diplomatic dark side answer. I love it. Have you met any celebrities on the job? And if so, what were they like? So I got to meet amazing musicians, like some, you know, lifetime goal kinds of people. Yeah, everyone from Grandmaster Flash, a famous DJ to, to Ingelbert Humperdinck and like pretty much everyone in between there, Snoop Dogg and Kanye and um, oh, wow. Beach Boys. So it was pretty cool meeting a lot of those people. And, and, and I've, uh, you know, and, and lots of politicians and dignitaries and royalty. Okay, Adam, you've wrote a five. So, Adam, what do you love or hate or both about events? Oh, oh you went down the manhole. I, I hate the, uh, the chaos to some extent, in a actually a pretty big way, being sort of an organized perfectionist. It, it drives me a little bit nuts when things go a little bit chaotic. Anthony, you wrote a five, and I feel like you're going to land. Oh, yeah, yeah. Favorite post-event junk food drink slash stress relief. After the gig, we would find the lobby bar and the crew would have an old fashioned. Adam, you've wrote a six. Down a hole too. Oh yeah. Oh, look at that. <laughs> what was the moment you knew COVID was going to turn the industry upside down? I would say uh, about roughly February. I, I could tell that there was a, a pattern of in increasing number of cases of COVID being seen across the world as far and for sure across Vancouver and the number of cases was rising and rising, rising. I had the little app that they provide here in BC and I kept looking at it every day and I was like, oh, okay. And a short story, I hadn't gone out and gotten groceries from like I usually buy my groceries once a month and I bought them somewhere like end of January. And I kept wait, waiting wait, and waiting. You buy your groceries once I buy a month? my groceries I, once I, I a got, month. I gotta yeah, go yeah. back. I gotta go. I gotta rewind and ask you about that. Okay. How do you, how do you last a whole month on what? I, I don't know. Explain that to me, please. Well, I, I plan out the whole month of all of the uh, meals that I'm going to have for the whole month. 
And wow. then I just really go out and I buy person. them all planned out. I guess you could say and that. And he's yeah. laughing because, because that's the most events thing I've ever heard of. I plan my meals out a month ahead of all the meals. That's crazy. All right. Same question to you, Anthony. The moment you knew COVID was going to turn the industry upside down. So I, late February 2020, I was in New York City on my last little vacation after intense shows for six months. And it hit me pretty hard. I was re- just a respiratory illness. We still don't know if I had it or if we had, because we both got ill after that. And I turned to the company I was working for at the time and I said, we need to drop everything in studio spaces and virtual events immediately. And uh, the company said, ah, you're overreacting. I wish they'd, that they'd listened. And, I, and I've never been so frustrated to have that futurist mindset as I was when it turned out mm. I was actually right. <laughs> What's your favorite mm. venue for an event? I guess you could say I actually have a liking to the online world. (laughs) And in particular, I'm really enjoying some of these um, softwares that are offering the ability to connect uh, in maybe a little bit more of an interactive space, a little bit of a networking type of idea. Maybe you're an avatar, but then you get to break out into an actual video call. Uh, So I've been really keen on trying out all the different softwares that are out there, being a software guy. What do you miss the most about in-person events and what do you not miss? I don't miss the controlled explosion that we mentioned. Uh, I, 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 I don't miss people panicking for no good reason because that often happens. You know, the sky is falling when it's not that big a deal. Do not miss that at all. But I really, really miss that that magic moment or that, that that pivotal moment at the event when the team putting on the event look at each other and they go, it's happening, right? Things are changing. People are shifting their perspective. They're changing their attitudes. Mm-hmm. They're learning stuff. They're collaborating in a new way. There's always this pivotal moment that something shifts. And when everybody looks at each other and they all know that's that moment, there's this camaraderie and this sense of accomplishment that that you get from putting on in-person events that no other job on the planet gives you. That little high, that little moment and that sense of of, of team accomplishment, not individual accomplishment. Okay, Adam, you've rolled an 11. Oh, no. No, no, no. How have you found working from home? It was really, really great at, at the beginning. Um, just because I actually enjoy being on my own for the most part. Uh, I'm a bit of an introvert, but I like actually interacting with other people, but in very small groups. And so being able to get into meetings online actually offered me a better experience rather than being in person because it feels more like a small group. What's your favorite uh, event war story? (laughs) I once at the Adelaide Fringe Festival in Australia, I once had to mix an orchestra of uh, 300 ukuleles. And I had one of the people who was the director of the ukulele ensemble come over to me partway through the show and whisper into my ear that they felt that the back corner needed a bit more level in the mix. I took everything in me not to punch them. Oh, I can't even take that story seriously because I'm just imagining 300 people with ukuleles and I just can't. It sounds like a comedy show. That's what it sounds like. One more for you, and this is this is just as funny. I was doing a massive show in San Francisco at the Moscone Center, 
And we were, we had all the trust in the room at working height. We're putting lights on and doing the trust border and all that tech stuff, right? Really getting the rig ready to fly. The, 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 the professional conference organizer with a long history in events comes in to, to the main ballroom, walks up to me, is furious, really angry. And is like, Where, where's your boss? Where's your boss going off? And I'm like, well, it's down dealing with the loading dock. You can go down. Okay, I'm, this, this is not acceptable. And I'm like, can I help you? And, and he just storms off in an anger. He then comes up with with my boss at the time and they're talking in the corner and my boss is sitting there trying to keep a straight face. The boss walks over to me and says, you wouldn't believe what they just said to me. They said, how is the audience expected to see the stage when the truss is right in front of them? You had to explain to them that the truss was going to get raised into the air. Honestly, the ukulele one, like, that, I, that's the mental picture there. It's like, oh, that's man. definitely one of the best war stories we've had. The the ukulele, I was not, I could, I could it's not one you can even predict. It's not like one, yeah, yeah. yeah, I could see that happening. It's like, I can't even, I can't even imagine. What's the most stressful event you've been involved in? That was the one that I was working on at the time that was still supposed to go in person as of, uh, let's see, March 15th. Uh, it was for uh, an association called Toastmasters, and they put on an annual conference every year. And it's basically to bring everybody from the district together. So we kept planning it and planning it and planning it. March 15th arrives, and we get the orders down from head office. No way. You cannot do anything in person. And all of a sudden, I have to go to our tech people who have basically don't have any experience doing online events either and say, you know what, we have to move everything online. It was really stressful for me because I had been already dealing with problem after problem after problem, and I'd solved all the problems, and then March 15th hits, and all of a sudden, no, it's all out the window. What's the weirdest food you've ever eaten at an event? We have a tradition that, that whenever we travel, we try to explore the most adventurous food we can find. Um, so certainly the bugs, the bugs is up there. Outside of that, I've had some, some pretty crazy offal in my time. I've had lots of mm. bread and uh, sweet breads with like interestingly cooked stuff. So a lot of stuff that most people would shy away from. All have right. you uh, read or watched anything that you'd like to share with other event professionals? I read the event design handbook in the summer of 2020. When I read it, what it did was it helped me understand my place in the event industry. Fantasy event, any venue, any speaker, any location on earth. I want to create an event that has all of the outcomes of a conference. You know, your stock standard conference, it's information, it's networking and all that stuff. But I want it to be entirely encapsulated in an, in an incentive travel trip. I want to find a way so that everybody goes onto some beautiful island somewhere thinking everything's just incentive travel and fun, but really what we've designed is all of the outcomes that you would get from a conference and they're none the wiser that they've been changed in such a pivotal way. What has been your favorite so far? Your favorite virtual event? My favorite virtual event actually hasn't happened yet. So okay. I'm really waiting for people to embrace doing like immersive experiences where you get to maybe pick a character and really take on that persona 
for the event so that you become a part of the event itself and become like a hero of the story itself. And so the mm. whole event is a story in itself. Favorite speaker, dead or alive. Uh, you can lifeline and then yeah, you can get line. another guest. Yes. Yeah. Perfect. Right. There you go. Adam, favorite speaker, dead or alive. Um, my favorite speaker would be Simon Sinek. He always has okay. really cool message that really resonates with my personal values of um, I, potential I and community. Yeah. What do you think of the future of events is going to look like? The future in the, of in the, like let's 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 qualify that in the next say three years. Next three years, we are going to, and it's already been talked about. We're going to start really exploring the concept of omni-channel having more ways of reaching people in different sensory modes and different uh, different mindset modes in, in many respects. So I really hope we, we move in to a experimental phase where we're willing to prototype and come up with a lot of different kinds of experiences so we can learn what does this omni-channel really mean and which kinds of teaching experience go into which bucket because we know, hey, this lives in virtual, this lives in person. Let's not bother trying to mess around with the two because we know it only works virtual and, and, and vice versa. The only way we're going to get there is by doing that experimentation and making some mistakes. So if you could give one piece of advice for planning a great virtual event to an event manager, what would it be? My best advice is number one, drop the word virtual from your vocabulary. Uh, okay. Stop thinking about events as being divided in two categories and just think of it as an event. Like let's figure out what the best mediums are to deliver the content and more importantly than just content, the whole um, event experience for each person so that it really emphasizes what personally they're coming to, to the event to get, which is some sort of change for them. And then how do you think Zoom fatigue, and when I say Zoom fatigue, let me qualify that, just being in front of a screen all the time, which is new for a lot of people, is affecting events in general. It's, it's interesting. I think what we're suffering from and, and has been termed Zoom fatigue is the same, the same suffering we had from bad events. Uh, when you would go to a bad conference that had boring, dry content on stage, you would watch the people in the audience snoozing or on their phones or distracted and not engaged, right? And now because we can blame the screen... It's the virtual event's fault. It's Zoom's fault. Um, it's kind of, we, we're calling that that fatigue when in, in reality, it's just probably pretty shitty content. Favorite TV show at the moment? I just finished New Amsterdam. So it's a, a show about a hospital. I believe it's in New York City where they take the approach of patient focused. So let's take out the, the bureaucracy and the budgeting and all that kind of crap that sort of gets in the way of actually taking care of patients. What's your favorite virtual event that you've been? Uh, I, I was very lucky. I got accepted to Seth Godin's old MBA program. That was a really good uh, virtual event because they broke down the barrier of the technology and they connected the participants with each other in really, really vulnerable and intimate ways. The conversations that we had and what we shared and how we grew together through the programming and through the prompting and reading and research um, and writing, of course, really, really had a big impact on 
on, on me personally, emotionally and professionally to learn these skills. And it was, it was 100% in Zoom, not in, in outside of business hours and all of those kind of things that would, you know, back to the previous question, tick the boxes for Zoom fatigue. But because there was the human to human connection, never experienced it. When do you think live events will return in your area? I, I hate to be like the bearer of like a, a bad opinion, I guess, in terms of the events industry. But I hope that they don't actually come back until 2022. I think that they'll probably come back somewhere around um, where we're at, probably a little bit before where we're at right now, like in May, April, something like that of 2022. The reason I hope they actually don't come back until late 2022 is just because I think most people are not ready to go back and even consider going back. What events jargon do you use in your personal life? Okay, jargon I use, and and it's funny because I haven't been a show caller. I haven't been a production manager for quite a few years now. I went into sales and then went into design. But I still routinely say things like, what's your 20, 10, 4, Roger that, like I'm making call signs on the radio to the rest of the tech team and the rest of the crew. And, and my wife doesn't need to hear that at Walmart. 10-4, I'm going to get the milk. <laughs> All right, Adam, you rolled a six and you have reached the mint. If you had an event pet, a pet you would take to your events, whether it's in person or virtual, what would it be? I would take a cow with me. Because I think there are many different experiences we can get out of having a cow at an event. We can milk it, learn all about the milking process. We could potentially make cheese or yogurt out of our product. Anthony, you're at five, you're at the mint two. What oh. industry do you think has done the best in the last year in events? The event planning industry has actually done an okay job of trying to pivot. They get a lot of flack, but um, they're not where we as tech heads want them to be, mm. but they're a long way from where they were. And they've come really yeah. far and evolved a lot in a very short period of time. Thanks so much for being a guest of Events Heist. It's been amazing having you both on. Mm -hmm.